one of my favorite doctrines of our faith to reflect on and also to preach on is the doctrine of the incarnation. Right Now, this is a fancy word for our belief that Jesus was God who came down from heaven and became human. He took on the flesh of our bodies. And when we talk about the incarnation, we've tended to emphasize the inclusive sense of this mystery when it comes to the sexes. Okay, Jesus became human. And this brings important insights about life to both men and women. But there's also something important for men in particular to reflect on due to the fact that Jesus was a man. In the Incarnation, Jesus became a male human being. So there are aspects of Jesus' life that are of particular importance for men to understand. But strangely, many men in our culture have a very difficult time relating to Jesus of Nazareth. And this is not good because it is in Jesus where real manhood is revealed. Jesus reveals things directly about being male that he does not directly reveal about being female. And this is a crucial time because ever since the fall of humanity, there really has been a crisis in authentic masculinity. But in our own day especially, we're seeing the awful fruits of this counterfeit masculinity. People talk about the troubling increases in poverty, homelessness, a widening gap of income between the rich and the poor. And right along with those statistics, we see some very scary statistics of absent fathers. And it seems clear to most researchers that absent fathers are causing and reinforcing many of the social problems that we are dealing with. This is not necessarily physically absent fathers, but perhaps emotionally and spiritually absent fathers as well. So there is a need for renewal in what it means to be a man. And yes, Jesus of Nazareth reveals authentic manhood to us. Now, when I was in college, some of my friends and I began taking all of this very seriously. And we started to ask ourselves how we could be better men and how we could prepare ourselves to be better husbands and fathers one day. Well, the Gospel reading that we heard today, uh, those were the verses that we talked about the most often, and those were the verses that really shaped our attitudes. Jesus says, love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And of course, we know that Jesus is talking about his crucifixion. On the cross, Jesus offered up his body as a total gift of self. Jesus made a total gift of himself, a complete sacrifice for his bride, the church. 
my friends and I talked about the ways in which we could lay down our lives for our families one day. And for me personally, these discussions prepared me to lay down my life for the church. The gospel reveals to every person the importance of sacrifice, but in a particular way, it reveals to men the importance of sacrifice. This is the type of love that men must strive for out of obedience to the Lord. And men have an indispensable role in teaching this love to their children. It's not something that can be delegated to their wife or to their parents or to the church or to our schools. Men have an indispensable role in teaching their children how to love authentically. And sadly, as I said, many men have abandoned this responsibility. And we're seeing the social issues I listed earlier. Okay, of course, uh, single mothers, we all know, have incredibly difficult uh, economic circumstances, uh, incredible difficulties in raising uh, their children alone. But of course, we also know that abandonment or even significant emotional distance has an effect on the psychology of children. The troubling statistics that I mentioned earlier include the fact that uh, children raised without a father are four times more likely uh, to be uh, raised in poverty. Uh, daughters with an absent father are seven times more likely uh, to become pregnant as a teenager. Uh, children without fathers are much more likely to be incarcerated. The list goes on and on and on. And these trends that I mentioned, they can't be reversed without a renewal of what it means to be a man. We must be successful at this. Now, as a man and as a priest, I know that I'm successful. I know that I've sacrificed enough when my parishioners understand very clearly what true love is and that they actually love in turn by offering themselves up as sacrifice to God and to their families. As for those who are husbands and fathers, you will know that you are successful when your children know beyond a shadow of doubt the difference between true love, which involves sacrifice, and the counterfeits, which are rooted in selfishness. And this is not easy. And sadly, we can't be successful just by mimicking what we learned from our fathers. And that's not a judgment on our fathers. Rather, it's a recognition that the world has changed too much. Not only do young people have far fewer positive role, male role models than we had, but they have more forces than ever undermining our attempts to love in the way that God reveals. The times that we live in demand that men elevate their way of life in order to teach our young people what love really is. Again, we can't simply mimic what our dads did. 
we need to return to the source of love and that clear revelation of what masculinity really is revealed to us in Christ crucified and take that as our reference point. It comes down to this. Do your children really know what real, true love is? Do your daughters know the difference between a real man who knows how to love and how to sacrifice and a boy who simply cares more about himself? And do your daughters feel confident enough? Do they feel confident enough in themselves to reject the men who are stuck in a perpetual state of boyhood? Do your sons understand the importance of patience and self-control and their emotional and physical needs? And are they going to be able to provide for their family? Not just provide material needs, but are they going to be able to provide the emotional and spiritual needs that their wives and children need? Because that's ultimately what will define our success. And young men, it's very important that you begin to prepare yourselves for these demands, all right? Uh, being a husband and being a father is the best opportunity that you have to be a real force for good in the world. Okay, you don't need to get into politics to do good. You don't need to have uh, uh, a particular type of job to do good. The best opportunity that God has given you to do good is by being a husband and father. And part of your preparation for that is to learn the difference from when you're acting out of selfishness and when you're acting out of real love, which is always focused and centered on other people. Similarly to the young women, you have a role in helping men discover this. Okay, don't settle for immaturity. Okay, uh, don't also think that you can change uh, a boy that you're attracted to. Right? You make them change before you get involved with them. Okay? If they love you, if they really and truly love you, they will make those changes. If they're not, if they don't, then you don't want to have anything to do with them. So you have a role in this too. But it requires you being confident in yourself. The times that we live in do not give us much room for error. They also do not give us much time to figure it out. It's actually quite urgent that men step up to this challenge. Being a real man requires incredible strength, heroic virtue. If you don't feel as though you need God to help you, you probably aren't doing enough. And we really and truly do need God to help us be successful. It begins by accepting what God reveals about Himself and the Lord, and it includes asking for the grace to live according to these very, very difficult teachings. And in the end, we do receive the fruit of joy. Jesus says that He reveals these things to us so that His joy might be in us, and so our joy might be complete. 
Okay, the joy that you desire is rooted in your success of laying down your lives for your family as a husband and as a father. And Jesus reveals that a life of sacrifice leads to the joys that he experiences at the Father's right hand where we all hope to meet him one day. Uh, of course, I've had to add a little bit. Uh, kind of had to wing it last night. Kind of had to try to jot some notes down this morning uh, because certainly we can all recognize in our own lives uh, the men here especially, perhaps some of the opportunities for fatherhood that we squandered. And it can be very difficult to acknowledge that. But there are always more opportunities to be a good man. Okay, grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbors, etc., uh, volunteering in local schools, mentoring the young men who might have absent fathers. Those are all opportunities that you have. And, of course, there's also uh, that reality that I know many of our parishioners struggle with is that some of you perhaps had a father who was either physically absent or emotionally and spiritually absent. And, uh, of course, you need to know that you can overcome that deficit that you've been given, and our faith is uh, perhaps, not perhaps, definitely, uh, the very reality that can help you, that can help you move past, that can help you heal. Uh, of course, that does come from forgiveness, uh, forgiving your father for perhaps that emotional or physical absence. Uh, when we do that, that's where the healing happens, and we can overcome any of the sins, uh, any of the ways that anyone has sinned against us. And again, it's in living these teachings where we experience that deep joy that comes from knowing the Lord.